Well, hey everybody, welcome to the breakdown. We're back. We're back. It's been a while. Can we just have a moment just so people can appreciate, like, they thought we fell off the face of the earth. Listen, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but yeah, it... Um, I think they were more upset not having the breakdown than if, like, we would have torpedoed our lives and left our wives and the ministry. Listen, we're really sorry about your personal problems, you know, but can you... Yeah. And I was like a, you know, blackjack dealer in an underground gambling scheme in <laughs> Vietnam or something. Um, yeah, so, well, since we're on the topic, let's talk about it. So, not the blackjack. <laughs> Sorry, that was okay. a terrible yeah, segue. Okay. Yeah, there we go. So, this oh. is our last podcast episode because Nick has a this secret sin in his life. He's, <laughs> he's got to start game. bad rumors over here. <laughs> Just kidding. So Nick's secret sin of blackjack um, dealing on the underground... <laughs> blackjack tables <laughs> in vietnam in vietnam <laughs> if that gets around oh man i hope You're it does <laughs> honestly Nick, if you fair. believe that one whoo you have a there heart we, we have a heart issue <laughs> i love it to work on so, so we're been, back we're back we've been off for a couple weeks why have we been off what is going on here? so between i'm here ready and willing every week so and i went on vacation the must same be week nice guy. must don't be even, nice don't even mister <laughs> six days so i go on a cruise no it is two weeks but who's counting yeah who's counting you've been counting for the last now we just month. let it out of the bag everybody knows now they're gonna chase like, us uh, so you happens. went on vacation. Where'd you go? I went on vacation. We went to... Can we talk about personal stuff on the podcast? Do people care about our personal lives? We'll find out. <laughs> hey, they just fast forward. There's like... Yeah. Times 10. Uh, yeah. We went to uh, Pennsylvania to the Poconos. The Poconos. Not the original plan for vacation. I have no idea what the Poconos are. Pocono Mountains? Okay. Sorry, I'm not like up on my American geography <laughs> of mountain ranges around the world. Legitimately... Uh, since London has left education, uh -huh. we have more flexibility and freedom to not take vacation like yeah. right in the middle of summer. <laughs> um, so we got to do like a fall vacation. You were you were you were white girling oh, dude, the I whole was, time. I was white. He had girling. a scarf. He had a pumpkin spice latte. He had leaves falling. Fun fact: I have not had a pumpkin spice latte this. You year. haven't. I have not. You My wife even on like the this week. I think she's like, "Hey, we're driving by. Do you want to do you want to stop and get a pumpkin spice?" I was like, "Babe, I haven't had one." You yet. ready for me to choose violence? Sure. I am not that big of a fan of pumpkin spice. I like it. Like if you put, if you give me a pumpkin pie, yeah. Okay, now we're talking. That's what pumpkin spice was meant for. I don't for. feel like it's much different. Like if if you were to drink, and we're done with podcast uh, again. We're no, but like go of for all another the three weeks that... of me to deal with <laughs> the frustrating things that you say to we'll, me. We'll talk a... more about that at the end of the. the but like, if you go to Andy's and you get a pumpkin pie, they put yeah. a whole piece of pumpkin pie in a concrete. It is That's, diabetes in a cup. That was the intended use that the Lord had for us with pumpkin spice, and we found uh, better uses for it. No, Let's... sprinkle it in your latte, whatever. Um, what else we got? So you went to the Poconos. So we went to the Poconos. Uh, we Are those like the northern Appalachian? So it's... What's uh, that? He's doing geography I, right I now in his head. I don't know. What it, state did you go to? Pennsylvania. So there's mountains so in Pennsylvania, and they're called the Poconos. Yeah. So it's new one on me, guys. Don't I, ask me the history I, lesson behind it. Don't ask me to... I don't, I don't know. I just know that... There's a lot of oil refineries in Pennsylvania. There are. We were originally supposed to go to Colorado. Penn State oil? Yep. yep. Quaker State? All that? I never, like, that's all that? that? No, I don't sit around and just look at the oil aisle. Do you watch advanced... college football? 
Penn State. Okay, what's that have to do with oil, though? Like, I know Penn State has a football team. Missouri State? What's that have to do with oil? <laughs> yes. Everything. No, whatever. Everything. No, I don't just hang out at O'Reilly's and look at the oil <laughs> oh, aisle and oh, be like, oh. oh. Um, so now I learned that from my father-in-law. He's did a, you? Of he's course a car, you did. He's a car guy. He, he knows car everything. Guy. He really does. So, uh, the, so while well, I was gone on vacation, yep. uh, we left Sunday right after church. You guys left Monday for Kentucky for the mission trip. Yep, serving the Lord. You got, Not looking at the Poconos, serving the Lord. the guy who always was like, if you don't plan a vacation this year, you're I not getting one. Yeah. You. <laughs> oh, you won't work here is, anymore. It is a standing order from their direct report. Yeah, you have to take a vacation. You have to get out from underneath it. It's something I learned from my senior pastor. And then when we do, we get raked on hey, over the hey, coals. Hey. Well, you know what? It, you know, you it take the good take. with the bat. Yeah, exactly. You take okay? the good with the bat. I just gotta gotta yeah gotta keep you guys sharp. So, so we were no, gone I'm the same were, week. Yeah, gone the same week. You're we gone the same week. Oh, so we're gonna talk about all the Poconos, but we're not gonna talk about Kentucky. No, I was getting ready to. <laughs> Dang guy, you're you're a we little. We got three weeks of this. Yeah, there's a little up. pent up <laughs> aggression that we need to. There's certain things I can say only on the podcast Holy that I've been cow. waiting. Yeah, no. I can tell. So yeah, you went to the Poconos. I went to Kentucky. So how was Kentucky? It's good. What else we want to talk about? <laughs> Forget you. <laughs> no, it really was good. Um, so it was a first, um, a first trip that my wife has ever been on, like a mission trip yep. like that. And then um, all three of our daughters went. My son has already been, so that yep. was cool. Um, but we took all three of the daughters, so it was it was neat to see them. You know, this would be my third time going to Kentucky to that same mission uh, with Big Creek, and but to see it in a new light. Like mm. when you see mission trip work from an eight and 11 year old's perspective. Changes things. That changes things. Yeah. And then when they're your daughter and they're crying about what they're experiencing, it's just like, this is good. It's good for them to see that and to be there to help mm. them process it. You know, but even, even Ashley, we were leaving and she was crying. I was like, what are you crying? What happened? Who said what? Who am I punching? Who, who's like, I'm going to be leave. And I was like, oh man. So it was good. It was fun. So you guys are moving to Kentucky. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, there, There is, we were talking about this because uh, there's a few things like Big Vision that they would love to do down there. And we were talking to the director of it and, and me and Ashley were just kind of laughing like there, there would have been a season of our life that, that, that like what they're talking about, what they would love to do, like a Big Vision dream. It's like we would have been on that like white on rice, man. Like we <laughs> would have snowstorm on a paper plate whatever let's go any other thing else so so yeah that was fun it was good and the drive was hilarious was it yeah I, i've heard stories from various people about the drive yeah because it was me and then i had a good friend board member person in the shotgun and then his wife and my wife were in the seats right behind us and they're um how can we say this politely on the podcast they're a little bit more careful, mature careful mature and this is your flash. This is your warning. <laughs> I have line. a warning okay. right now. <laughs> um, uh, maturity with the Lord, maturity with age, maturity. Maybe seasoned even souls. It, season, yeah, seasoned souls. Like, like salt and pepper. I almost seasoned. said they taste good. And I was like, well, that <laughs> no. takes a whole. <laughs> okay. And we'll leave the cannibalism out of this. Um, but it was just fun watching their interaction and, and just the four of us just kind of laughing through the whole way. And then the rest of the van was full of like, college high school students just being cray cray we so. facetimed at one point while we were driving and you guys were driving <laughs> yeah. and the scene that i saw while doing 75 down the highway you or on, me while i Probably was driving both. 
what I saw from I your like, perspective of like the first two rows behind uh, you and said board member. And then just like this whole group of young people that yeah. were just like passed out because oh, you had dude. to get up at and leave at the Early, crack of dawn. Yes. Early. Yeah. Which, and they were all like, at that point, they were all like super excited. Like 30 minutes into the drive. So excited. They were and gone. Then, yeah. yeah. And, and then you get to lunch and then they wake back up. And then, then at one point we were singing some giddy up for the Lord. I'm supposed to be get up, but my girls were like, and they're like doing the whole rodeo, like giddy up, giddy up. This, and it was like, what is, is this rodeo praise and worship? No, no, we are never going to do rodeo praise and worship. Sorry. Yeah. You know the song I'm talking about I know exactly. then. Okay. It's a great so. song. <laughs> yeah. I except, listen to it way too except much. Except a van full of. Uh, mispronounced mispronouncing <laughs> giddy up and the board member looks at me like what are they singing what is going giddy on up for the lord yeah there it is so, um so so mission vacation trip. mission trip we yeah. came back uh you preached i looked at you i believe on sunday morning and said you do realize we're not going to do the podcast this week in which your eyes got really big and i, I said like, finally a day off staff planning you went yeah. oh that's right yeah, we, we have, have staff, staff planning. planning this week so yeah last week we had staff planning which um once a year we get away we get out of the building and because what's so hard in ministry is and this can be a, a dangerous slope is we're always working in the ministry, in the ministry, in the ministry. Like we got our tasks, we got our responsibilities, we have people that we're shepherding and caring for, we're working in the ministry, in the ministry. And we need to get out from under it and work on the ministry, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where we step back, we reevaluate, hey, are we, are we on target or have we drifted? Um, what's a vision for next year? And and just you know course correction tune up whatever you want to call yeah. it it is it is so needed to work on the ministry so that then when we get back into the ministry yeah that's what we need you know just like uh, you know because it's hunting season and got a Praise few people that have been talking about hunting and so they you know you're getting out your your bow and arrow you're getting out your rifles and you got to sight them in you got to clean them up you got to you want to make sure that you're ready you're not just going to grab that and go out hunting because. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? No, no, you're not. You're not. Sorry, I didn't know if you knew that or not. So you're supposed to, you know, get in, sight it in, make sure everything's good to go, and then, you know, you got to work on that stuff before you can be really effective in that kind of thing. So same thing for ministry. So that's what staff planning is. And so in doing that, taking pretty much three full work days, Mm -hmm. yeah, no podcast. No no podcast. And how has the response been from your seat? Let's let's talk about not having the breakdown for three. Now let's preface it though. How long have we been doing the breakdown weekly? Uh, A little over we've, we've done 20 episodes of season two. And then I think we did 11 episodes of season one. So, so we are well past like, we're like two thirds of a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we, we took 10% off three weeks. Yep. And, and what, what has been your take? So for the people that have my phone number, my <laughs> personal cell phone number, um, <laughs> let's just say, uh, I don't want to say I got crucified. There's too many connotations. <laughs> yeah. Don't put yourself Raked in the same. over the coals. I, cause we, we had planned that when we were going to go, because we knew we were going to do yeah. this hiatus. Yep. Like we knew it was going to come. And we wanted to record a small little bit, like acting like we're jumping into the breakdown. And nope, actually, we're going to be gone. Here's why. For, hey, we're yeah. going to take a couple weeks off. And and so we just 
honestly, we got so busy, we couldn't even do that. Yep. We couldn't even have fun with it. And we kind of looked at each other and said, let's see, let's just see what the response is. Let's just see if there is, a, like, we think there's been a good response to the, the podcast. Yeah. But, like, let's see if we... When it's not there, how, yeah. you know. And we haven't had a long... Hi- the only other time that we had to compare was when we ended season one, jumping into season yeah. two. But we had all the buildup of Revelation. Yeah, we did. So it was almost like not a fair... Um, and then, Holy yeah, cow. We got a response. It in was person, great. Sunday morning. Phone calls, <laughs> text messages. I didn't get any on vacation. Yeah. I didn't actually hear about it till my first Sunday back after vacation, which you're like, I've already had, I've, I've had oh, like yeah. four phone calls, a text emails. Yeah. Oh, and then in person, people are like, one was like, I really had to check my anger because yes. I couldn't find that. Cause it, it, it interrupts cause people have put it into their normal schedule. Yep. You know, my wife even does that. She, I'll go walk. She says, I'll go walk at the Y and I listen to the podcast yeah. and da da da. And I'm just like, you live with the guy that does it, but just ask me what it was about. But nope, she wants to hear it. <laughs> Going I had live lunch, here. I had a lunch meeting today with someone who I would consider an avid listener. Av- like avid gets listener. upset that it's not over two hours every time. Yes. This uh, he would be the person we've poked fun at is like, <laughs> you could have gone a little longer. And it's like not everybody has the kind of time that you have. Nor do I have the brain capacity yeah, for I'm, it. So I was like, I did a like longer than an hour lunch with him. And I looked down and I was like, Hey, don't mean to be rude. I got to get back to the office and get ready to record the breakdown. He's like, get out of here. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I was like, finally, if you should, you could have told me 30 minutes ago, we, yeah, I would eat faster <laughs> if I knew that. I was like, That's good. No, what has been cool. So we're like, there really has been a response like that. Like we're not joking about no, that, that. There, there have been a lot of people that have, uh, and not, not facetiously, but like, Am hey, I missing something? Is yeah. it like not? Did you yeah. guys make an announcement that I missed? Yeah. Like, are you not doing the podcast anymore? And what is neat is how people have put it into their normal routines. And I think that is like, that's a good lesson with any good spiritual discipline. Like, if you're finding fruit in something that is pulling you closer to the Lord, get it in your normal schedule. Or pushing you to sin, like have anger issues. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, maybe you need to take a moment of repentance there. But. <laughs> Yeah, so when there is something that's good like that, yeah, put it in a normal routine, and it is neat to see how many people have made the breakdown a part of their normal spiritual routines where it's like, hey, this is good, where it's not Sunday. We've talked about that. We're breaking that down. Uh, Your line, I think, is hilarious that you've been saying recently. What's the podcast? Oh, it's... Oh, it's... How do you say it? It's Jaron and Nick's... Jumping off point to a bunch of rabbit. No, trails. it's our it's our uh, it's our rabbit trails about the message. Yeah, from Sunday. Yeah, because everybody be like, hey, when we first were really pushing, like, oh, what's mm-hmm. the breakdown about? It's like, oh, we we dive deeper into the sermon, we break it down. Now it's like, no, uh, it's Nick and John's rabbit trails about <laughs> the sermon. Yeah. So so, and then we and on the hiatus, we also didn't send out intentionally. We didn't send out the text of like Q and A and stuff like that yep. either, which is okay. So I mean, I thought, pretty light and easy revelation oh, yeah, sermons anyway. Nothing's so. changed. So I Nothing. thought we would we would recap why we've been off, give an update of where we're going, some things that have yeah. have transpired over, um, and then just kind of, this is probably going to be the hardest part, recap the last few weeks of revelation. Sure. Um, you know, and just walk into, because it's, it's been heavy. <clears throat> Has it? Yeah. You think so? Sunday was the heaviest. Sunday, yeah. hands down, was the heaviest. I had a lot of people come up to me Sunday. Um, but I think Sunday was the heaviest for personal reasons. Yeah. You know, like, there is the, hey, revelation is heavy. Mm-hmm. I think that there is just this cumulatively cumulative agreement about that. Yeah. Um, but I think 
uh, the way that you unpack Sunday in light of recent events in Israel um, and things going on in our world uh, and how you forced us to take a very hard look at how are you responding? Mm. How are you not responding? What are you feeling? What are you not feeling? And how does that relate back to Scripture? Or does it even relate back to Scripture? And that's where, you know, even to... One of the reasons I wanted to go into Revelation um, was because of so much misinformation and mis-preconceived mm-hmm. uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I think a little bit of a fear in, and I say ignorance in the proper use of the term, mm-hmm. meaning just a not knowing, yeah. you know, a lack of knowledge for it, where we have the, oh yeah, that's what I know what Revelation's about. And we think hellfire, brimstone, doom, gloom, mark of the beast, Satan, you know, everybody's going to die and go to hell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Nope, I want to, I want to walk through it. And we've, we've talked about it repeatedly, like for me to call it a book of hope and a book of comfort. And it's just like, what you gotta be, what are, yeah, what are you on? (laughs) Um, and so I wanted that, but then that's why, cause sometimes in, in the church, with good mature believers, we we will discuss all kinds of issues of theology and doctrine. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to eschatology, we all want to throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, it'll all pan out. Mm. Yeah. For me, I feel like that's a cop out. Yeah. It's the easiest, but it's not at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Do that with the divinity and the humanity of Jesus and tell me how that goes. Yeah. Do that with salvation and tell me how that goes. Like eschatology still is a core doctrine of the Christian faith. And and I can absolutely prove it. And the moment one rocket goes off in Israel, yeah. look at TikTok, look at Instagram, oh my gosh. look at the emails and the text messages. Is like, oh, here it is. This is the mark of the beast. This is the Antichrist. This is what's going on. We're waiting for it. This is the, we're watching, you know, and it's just like, okay, there is some some things that we do need to yeah. address. There is like we need to be aware of current events, but we're not gonna. I said Sunday, we're not gonna let the newspaper dictate our exegesis of mm-hmm. scripture, right? We need the we need scripture as the lens to look at the world. We're not looking at scripture from the lens of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sometimes we get it reversed, and so because of all that, it's like this is why we need revelation, and this is at the very beginning why we need to lay down all of those preconceived ideas. And allow the word to lead and guide us. Yeah. And a lot of people, and and I've this is a weight that I have carried in Revelation. That's just your theological stance and how you view Revelation. So they would say, I already decided I'm going to be a dispensational premillennialist with a pre-trib rapture view. There's some big fancy words, right? And then that's how I'm going to read scripture. From, you know, but a good friend always says, you know, um, every point of view is a view from a point. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that and it's like, I understand the concept. I'm not ignorant to that. But what I would challenge is one, I mean, you definitely pegged me a certain way. Yeah. And, and I think I have enough rhino skin, you know, to allow that to yeah. go. Or could it be that I've studied scripture and I've I've allowed it to lead me to this? Mm-hmm. And that is the the best scriptural, biblical, theological doctrine stance 
and defense, like the evidence of all that and the stance to take. And it's not that my stance, my position, it changes my view of scripture, but it's scripture that has changed my view mm-hmm. of my theological stance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's that's what we need. But so quick we wanna be, well, I just don't agree with that. And that's perfectly fine, we can, but my stance has always been, okay, so what do you do about the other verses in the Bible? You know, even when, okay, well, Revelation is very apocalyptic literature, true, but it's also prophetic and an epistle, mm-hmm. you know? And so we don't throw our hands up in the air when we read Ephesians. I mean, it's an epistle. Mm-hmm. Well, so is Revelation to a degree. And so even if we take that book out, right, very, it's a, it's apocalyptic literature, which can be very difficult to interpret. I get that. There's certain parts of Revelation that we just kind of look at each other and say, God knows, you know, like, well, I have no idea. But, but if you remove that, okay, go with the other 65 books. And, and the other one that is apocalyptic is Daniel, but there's, there's fulfilled prophecy in the first advent of Christ that was given literally. Why would he jump to some symbolism or allegorical uh, prophecy on his second advent, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, it's always like, okay, so we can disagree, but help me understand then what does this passage mean? What does this verse mean? What is, and that's the issue that I have. That's why for me, apologetics was such a great study because I had those questions and like professors sometimes would get frustrated at me because it's like, you can't just tell me you need to defend it. Like help me understand because I know I am not the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. And if I can come up with a question, well, so can other people. Like, I'm just a normal dude that's trying to figure out who Jesus is and what, what the fullness of his word means. And so if I can, okay, well, what about this or that? Like, then other people are going to have that. Equip me to be a better pastor. Yeah. That's how I would ask the question. Uh, it took one professor yelling at me one time for me. I was like, I sent him an email. I said, hey, just want to talk. Uh, and I, that's the exact response I gave him. And he's like, okay, that helps. And I was like, <laughs> Sorry, sorry for asking the questions, but again, if I can think of them, somebody else is going to say say that in my ministry. And so I think there needs to, there. it is okay to be open and we can have differing views, but that's the part that I wish. It's like, okay, so help me understand, you know, Isaiah 63. Help me understand half of Zechariah. Help me understand Hosea 5.15. Help me understand Daniel. Help me understand all of these other passages that that are prophetically speaking of the events of revelation. Mm -hmm. And so, so with, yeah, that's a whole long rabbit trail of the need, I think for us to be in revelation. I think God has really made it apparent for us even before all the things with Israel. But if anything, it shows that eschatology matters and there, and we need to lean into it as any other doctrine. What other doctrine would we be scared of? But why, but why do we walk in fear sometimes with eschatology? Yeah. And it's like, no, okay, we need to talk about the doctrine of salvation. Oh, I don't know about that. We need to talk about, you know, the person of the Holy Spirit. Like, oh, that scares me. Like, that's not the fear that we're supposed to have. Like, that's, we're not given a spirit of timidity or a spirit of fear. We're supposed to walk in, in power and love and self-discipline. And, and a part of that self-discipline is to be disciplined enough to study the core doctrines of our faith. And so, sorry, I'm rambling now. No, that's... <laughs> Drones us over here like, and he, it's like, he's got breakdown constipation. He's, yeah, it's all been building up. And he's, word getting, he's just getting it all out right now. No, because so. a lot of times when you have that, that pressure point 
like speaking from your position where, you know, when you are the, the lead guy, the talking head week after week, um, at least in my experience, the, the pushback isn't, um, by and large, because someone has a theological, a differing theological viewpoint. Um, it's because their identity is wrapped up in a theological viewpoint that they've been taught. And so they don't really have a a basis or a foundation. And so when you come in with, with a very clear um, definition and it's not just here, I'm going to shame you into a corner that you can't get out of, but Hey, here is this, here are the seven other verses that back it up. And like when you, when you lay it out, it forces you to go, and I'm not sitting here saying I know, yeah. but I feel fairly confident yep. that someone has to make the decision, you know, and when, and so much of as Christians, our identity is wrapped up in things that it shouldn't be intertwined and intertangled with. Um, and so like, I personally have had that happen. It's like, whoa, uh, if you're going to start kicking in that, you know, that arena yeah then i'm gonna fire back real heavy <laughs> like now you're talking yeah. my character and my and it's like no no yeah there was i was talking with someone and we were talking about kind of that concept like it looking at the word like it, it means what it says and it says what it means and i just loved that i was like that so if anybody was like why why do you have a stance like that because i believe that the bible means what it says and says what it means. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need this, like the the Gnostics, where, oh, no, you have to have this deeper spiritual understanding, yep. and we're the elite that know this. Like, the same, uh, I have, I, we all have the same av- availability mm-hmm. to the same knowledge to this. You know, some people look at me and they think, oh, da, 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 and it's like, no. I mean, I, I would hope anyone who has spent 10 years of their life really dedicated to something would be good. Yeah. Like if, if you came to me and were like, I've been playing guitar, dedicated 10 years, lessons, practicing every day, performing, like I hope that you have I matured. Four chords. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you walk up and you play a Mary had a little I lamb can, on one do, string. Do, do, do. Yeah. It would be like, uh, you know, but that's with anything, yeah. but it's not that, you know, the Lord has touched me with a, and it's like, and sometimes that's that's hard because it's like, no, 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 we all have that same availability to it, meaning because the word, it's not us as individuals, it's the word that is there. Mm-hmm. That same word that is available to me, it's available to you and available to anyone if we will if we'll do the hard things to press into it and and understand that why would God want to reveal himself in such a way that we couldn't find him? Mm. That's sadistic. You know, yeah, exactly. Like that smears his character yeah. in a way. Like I am going to put, I'm going to put eternity in your hearts. I'm going to put this God-sized hole as we talk about from, what was it, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11 or something like that. You know, we have this God-sized hole in our heart. I, God's going to put that in us. You know, even C.S. Lewis would say that all the things in this world do not fulfill my heart. So therefore I must be created for something mm-hmm. else. Right. So he, God's going to put that in us but then so veil himself that we can't find that fulfillment because yeah. we can't find him. That is sadistic. Or could it possibly be the Bible means what it says and says what it mm-hmm. means and he does reveal himself when we can find that fulfillment and that peace in him. But that's too easy. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, so 
but yeah, it's because this last Sunday I did address Israel. The week before, I mean, the attacks already started. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the only thing that I said is like, hey, I do stand with Israel. And and I never want to use the pulpit politically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that frustrates me about churches even within our tribe i get super frustrated about political discussions and so even this sunday like i was trying to be very mindful that this isn't a political discussion Mm -hmm. you know we i want to take it back to the promises given to abraham and how they're having real life uh consequences and and repercussions because and implications from from that and and you know then you stack on four or five thousand years and and other things that you know have made it worse i get it but even for us in our study of revelation like and and taking certain doctrinal stances or views which again we can we can disagree and that's fine and i'll ask for the defense of it but it does have real life implications and i can understand why people think Oh well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna live through the tribulation, and it's like, but but look at the implications that those have, and mm-hmm. so you know, always looking you know back to the Word of God, be like the Bereans in Acts seventeen that you're gonna hear these things. Search the Scriptures daily, it says, to see if these things were so. It's what they did of Paul. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? Like, if certain Bible teachers walked into our church and stood up on the platform and taught, can you imagine the audacity to say? I appreciate your message. I'm going to go home. I'm going to study to see if you're right or not. No, we would all take it as gospel. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. But the Bereans, and that's why they were more noble. It had nothing to do with Paul. Paul, clear conscience, is preaching the gospel. But he's not above correction either. Now, we as pastors are called to live above reproach, but not above correction. And so they were like, okay, we hear you, but we're going to go and search the scriptures. We're not going to allow you to be the greatest authority in our life. We're going to allow the word of God to be the greatest authority. And we as the church and we as at Calvary Chapel need the same thing. If it's, oh, Pastor Nick said, I, you are giving me, what did I say? I said it somewhere. I was teaching in a small group and, and like, the concept and just go with me. Here's my, here's my little soapbox. I love looking out and seeing people with the word open. I don't care if it's a paper Bible, if it's on their phones, whatever, because if you're just sitting there looking at me reading out of my Bible, you're giving me far much too much authority and too much trust. Mm -hmm. Now they're like, Oh, we can't trust you to a degree. But I want you looking at the word because if I'm the greatest authority, no, 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 the word of God is. And that's where we need to check and see if these things are so. And push back if they, you know, hey, I don't agree with you theologically there. But be able to have a defense and back it up, not just smear you or. Yeah, that's the worst. We don't want to do that. And nor do I want to smear someone that would have a different belief to me. Like I think there's wonderful people out there that don't agree how I do and that's fine and we can have those discussions, but but I think that's our need to study Revelation, I think has only been heightened by everything that's gone on in Israel. Just, and for me, it's almost in the same concept of, like when you walk away from a funeral, mm-hmm. aren't you contemplating life? Most people yeah, do, yeah. most people do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you walk away and you're just like, and that's gonna be me someday. And if I'm lucky, I have, you know, so I'm a certain age right now, and I probably have maybe 35, 40 years left 
I got a solid life. six. I, 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 tell my, I tell my wife all the time, I, I got six. 10 years left, and I've been saying it for seven, right? I'm like You're an, on the downhill I'm fall. an organic avocado, you know, <laughs> shelf life, not great. You don't survive cancer and live to tell about it. And so, but, you know, it's the same way. You see that something real happens. So like my grandparents pass away. I walk away from their funeral services and I'm contemplating life and I want my life to matter. I want my life to count. It causes, causes us to be self-reflective as it should. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, uh, was it? Oh, I'm going to blank on the verse. Jesus saying, I'd rather walk away from a house of mourning than a house of celebration. And I've heard pastors say, I'd rather do a thousand funerals than one wedding. And that's not a dig on bridezillas, but it definitely doesn't hurt the case, you know, but, but in the same breath, when we see things that are going on in the world, specifically Israel, it causes us to be self-reflective and it, it not just in, in ourselves and our lives. Yes. But then also our theology and mm-hmm. say, okay, does this matter? Where are we at in this? What is this looking like? And, and so it was a heavy Sunday, but I feel like it was a good Sunday. Like, um, I, I want to be able to address those heavy issues, but to do it in a way that honors Christ, yeah. which I don't know how many TikTok, Instagram, real things you've seen lately. I saw one and I was like, I'm about that. Oh. so <clears throat> last Sunday, yeah. if, if you may come from a camp like I do where I'm a naturally depressive person, so I don't need to turn the news on <laughs> and I try to stay as far away from the news as possible. My wife tells me, she goes, I just trust that you will tell me what I need to know. Okay. I I had no idea. Yeah. No idea mm-hmm. about Israel. None whatsoever. It's okay. So the first time I'd heard about it was from the pulpit from yeah. you. Yep. Wow. First time. Okay. Um, I hadn't been on social media, yep. busy. Like it was one yeah. of the weird things were just culmination of everything. Yeah, for sure. So go home Sunday night into Monday. <laughs> Which I think was staff planning week. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the three hours I spent on TikTok scrolling every time I opened it. The fir- and I started counting the first 15 videos. The first 25 minutes yeah. was boldly declaring we are in the end times. Mm-hmm. Here are these verses to back it up. Yep. To a point that I I remember laying in bed. London was <laughs> what all married couples do. I'm watching TikTok. She's watching Instagram Reels. <laughs> and I turned the like phone off. Like a good godly couple. Good, amen, yeah, that's exactly right. right. It's a little transparency. So what you do when you, when you get the kids to sleep? <laughs> what's this married couple do? He's like, what do you guys do? I watch TikTok. <laughs> um, and I chucked my phone down. Yeah. I was just so done. And London's like, what is wrong with you? And I said, how can people be so naive? Yeah. And um, for us walking through Revelation, seeing some of those things come from maybe our people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, friends that I know mm-hmm. um, who I felt very tied to before we dove into revelation for all the reasons that we've previously described about my, you know, inadequacies and nervousness with revelation and my own, you know, everything else. Um, it made like, there was this not righteous anger, but it was just like this sad frustration of how many people are scrolling through social media right now 
and they're buying into this yep. because the person on the other side of the screen is cherry picking and manipulating scripture. And even you could even take that concept and even go on a, a grander scale. How many, how, how many people do that to all of aspects of life? A hundred percent. You know, Oh, I saw that. And it's like, I think even the, when that Babylon B. Oh Yeah started coming out like people were like oh did, did you, you see, see that do that and it's like that's a satire site it's that's a real. satire you know yeah. uh platform that they're just making the jokes of it but it's so it's like oh that's you know and we take it as as truth and we don't we don't test it mm-hmm. you know but even scripture talks about test the spirits to see if it is so like that is okay be the bereans yep. go and search to see if this is right and not just theologically but i think that should be the first thing that we do yeah you know, but even in, you know, so not to get political, but I think we as uh, not just followers of Jesus, but also as Americans, I think it is our civic duty. You know, my grandpa fought in World War Two. My dad served in the Navy, defended our country so that we have the right to vote. Be be informed on where you're going to vote. Now, I'm not going to tell you from the pulpit. I'm not going to tell you on the podcast where I think you should vote or how I'm going to vote. No. Oh, well, if that's what my pastor is going to, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to misuse the platform for that. But I think we need to be educated to vote, but don't use the first three things that you scroll past to say, oh yeah, that was true. That was true. That was true. Cause it's just, it's not there. And we, we have to allow, we have to be skeptic of our own skepticism. So I'm, I'm gonna make a probably, bring it. I'm gonna tick off a bunch of people when I say this. I love it. Good. Already. Um, so here we go. Uh, Hear my heart when I say this. So there is a, um, a as there always is. Uh, there's always been a generational gap, and and mm-hmm. there's always been this this I feel like this angst of yeah. generation against generation, oh. uh, which f- one just frustrates me because super sad. I I know how much that I have and can learn from a generation that has lived longer and through more. Um, so to see, anyways, that's a whole nother. Yep. Um, so that there is a generational gap where uh, maybe uh, an older generation would uh, go straight to the news, Fox, CNN, I don't care what network, yeah, but you know, they, I saw that on the news. That's gospel truth. That's yeah. There's a younger generation like me who has probably in some ways sworn off the news. Yeah. Um, for me, do you know where I get all my information from? Oh. TikTok. Is it? Yeah. And here's why I, I don't believe everything that I see on TikTok. I'm, Amen. I'm not, I'm like, not that naive. To I'm think not just that dumb. Like not even yeah, naive. Yeah, I'm exactly. not that dumb to believe that with AI and with yeah. everything else, I'm not that dumb. Um, but for me, and I'm okay with pushback. Uh, for me, when I scrolled past the videos of somebody reading Revelation or cherry picking scripture about being in the end times, and I hit the video from someone on their phone watching a rocket hit a building, that wasn't sold to like that yeah. was someone's personal. And there's no network that's controlling, and this they is decided what to hit record and yeah. post, not hey we're yeah. gonna cut this, yeah, you know. For sure. And, and so Lund and I have talked about that a lot where for me, it's caused a lot of issues because everything is available. But I think at the same time, it's forced 
uh, when news networks or people wouldn't believe it, mm-hmm. you know, and something, something was videotaped, yeah. you know, I can think of one very specific and, you know, instance where I think live footage categorically changed the narrative, yeah. you know, that was out there. Um, and I think those things are making their way yep. not only into our culture holistically, but into our faith and the sense that, you know, we walk around and we have our air quotes, if you're not on YouTube, our favorite <laughs> pastors yep. who may or may not be theologically accurate or may or may not preach the whole truth of the, you know, mm-hmm. um, and or we live under well, that's my pastor. Mm. My pastor said so. So we live on the coattails of Nick's faith. Like, well, I'm going to trust that the guy that we're paying to be up on this stage with the title lead pastor is the smartest person in the room. And in some ways, yeah, that should be true. At the same time, I should never, you should never, we should never walk in and go, well, like, I love you. I'm not giving you 100% lateral freedom at any point like i'm going to assume that what you're saying is true i'm going to assume that your education your like all of those things but at the same time like am i willing to go back and do the due diligence allow the lord to to speak and most times yeah that's not how that happens and and there's other little evidences for you that i mean that you at that staff level have a little bit more insight within somebody that's on a Sunday morning. So like, you know, Thursday, I'm locking myself away. You know that I'm reading three to four to five different commentators that are all disagreeing with each other that come from different perspectives that have, you know, if you look at the pendulum of theology of where they come from, because I want to, it's like, I want to sit down with five guys that don't agree and say, all right, like I want to hear their points of view. Um, Some are alive, some are dead and it's wonderful. Um, I have someone that's super smarter than me that I get to talk live with and I get to have the same thing. I'm going to push him and ask hard questions. And there's been a few times he's like, Ooh, I never thought of it that way. Or let me process that. Good. I need you to because your Thursday morning, your Thursday phone calls are some of my favorite moments of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Cause usually what happens is uh, we at the staff level protect Nick. Like Nick is untouchable on Thursday. That's sermon prep day. Yeah. You know, so that that is almost to the point like I'll go out to make a cup of coffee and they're like what are you doing <laughs> we'll bring you your coffee get back in the room and like, close they the don't door. even want to open up the door like what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> out like I feel like a cage monkey <laughs> here like you, how do you get out of your cage but there's times because you know? your door is glass and, yeah. and it's not soundproof so we no. can hear but you'll like I you'll throw your airpods in and you'll walk around and you'll have your bible and you'll you know it's like oh he's on the phone and so it's always fun when that meeting's over because you'll come out you've come out you know into the studio and been like did you know? <laughs> I yeah. didn't, but I love it. Yeah. Neither, it sounds like neither did you. Like you're <laughs> a bomb just got dropped in your Heck life. Like yeah. I've never thought of it that yeah. way. And you know, even to have that, like most people don't know that they yeah. just assume like God has given you yeah. the word. And what I love there was, uh, so we were at the fall fest and there's some people that have been coming to the oh, church, fall I think fest. about a year mm-hmm. and they swung by the fall fest. They said, we didn't know this was going on. And I was like, well, we kind of didn't push that the church was going to be there because it's an outreach. I don't need 300 people from Calvary coming Calvary by. Event. Yeah, it's not a Calvary event. We're trying to reach people that don't have a church home. We're not even trying to steal people from other churches. Like, we're not about that business. We just want everybody to find a church home. So anyway, we were talking, and they were bringing up, you know, the study in Revelation. And 
Um, and it was very encouraging. And one of the things that they said is that, oh yeah, we watch you and we watch this other pastor. Mm-hmm. And let's just say his name has a little bit more weight in the <laughs> Calvary Chapel movement than, than Nick Pierce, uh-huh. right? Um, and, and, it, and they're honestly, in that moment, there was a little bit of insecurity. It's like, don't listen to me, just listen to him. If you have to pick, pick him all the time. <laughs> honestly, I kind of said something to that effect and they pushed back and they said, no, 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 no. You guys are coming at it from two different perspectives and they're both good mm-hmm. and they're both needed. And that was just super encouraging for a couple different reasons. They're not just taking whatever I say. Yeah. They're, they're students of the word. And there's other trusted Bible teachers. They're going to see things a little bit different. They're communicate, not like different stances, but just they're going to communicate in a different way. And it's going to intrigue us in different ways like that. We're both looking. Did yours just tell you to stand up? Yep, it did. Me too. <laughs> Our watches are keeping us from being lazy. So Maybe. that's super encouraging to see. And I just would, en- and I would encourage everyone, regardless of Revelation, like we're going to go to Genesis next. Find a Genesis study yeah. and do that along with us so that when I'm up and I'm preaching whatever, Genesis 1, you know, that week you're doing that study at home yeah. to say, okay, um, and, and take it in a grain of salt too that the author that wrote this study and the publishing company, like we all have our stances. You know, some people get frustrated that I preach out of the ESV, which, you know, don't let any of the big wigs of Calvary Chapel know because they're all new King James guys. And so I preach out of ESV. And even that uh, translation has a theological bend. But I know where it's at. You know, so when we get to those portions of scripture, I'll say, this is actually what the original says. And, you know, and so I think there's a few areas that I, I can pick up the sense of their, you know, theological bend and I just smile and nod, but I, you know, and other people, I like this one better. I like that one better. Great. You know? And so people ask me what, what Bible translation is the best and the best quote, not original, whichever one you'll read. Hmm. You know, and so, but I got to pick one. I can't walk up with nine Bibles. I mean, I guess I could. I got, I, I got about 30 in my office, <laughs> but, but if I even told you what versions I have in my office, people would probably quit. And it's like, you know, but I, I, I want to hear all perspectives. Yep. doesn't mean I'm taking it and, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, but I at least want to be educated and, and informed. Um, but it's, so I would en- encourage that, not even just revelation, but why are we treating this book any different? Yeah. You know? And so I would, you know, find a study online, find, you know, something to, to be a supplemental just so it's not just what I say, because there's a lot of times, you know, I've had it, uh, people come up and like, well, what about this, this, and it's like, Ooh, that is a good point that I know this theologian believes this to be that. And this is why. And, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's a, I gotcha moment, you know, and that's okay if you want to come up with an I gotcha. And sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't even know that at all. Yeah. That's good. I have to look at it. Um, but it's, you know, it's good to see that. And I always want to be informed because, you know, but I, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to study the word. We're going to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide. Um, but I think we, we as a church need to be the students of that kind of students of the word and that kind of mentality. So um, shifting gears. Uh Oh, here we go. So I went we back going, low gear, high gear. What are we doing here? All the gears. All the gears. We're, we're ripping the, tr- the tranny out of, <laughs> of, the, of the vehicle. Here we go. Um, so I went back through and looked at some of the questions that came through oh, okay. from 
all the way back in the text line. Perfect. Uh, this one came in fairly recently. All right, hit me. It's not specific. Even better. I don't feel like it's specific to a specific Sunday. Yeah, just a concept of revelation or something. But I think okay. a concept of revelation, but works. through the lens of revelation, mm-hmm. scripture, mm-hmm. and just because the it Quran. was... The <laughs> no. Book of Mormon. <laughs> the, Jehovah no. Witness. <laughs> Not no current events. Oh, current like events. Okay. Is, um, so it's kind of a long. So Got it. I may have to reread it, but we'll, we'll kind of walk through it. He only said that because he knows me. He's like, I'm gonna have to reread it for <laughs> you because you're slow. No, no, and, no. And as always, the disclaimer: first time I'm hearing this question. Yeah, we did not talk we, about. We don't it. talk. There's... Literally walked in with a cup of coffee and said, "Are you ready yet?" <laughs> I said, "No." All right, ready. Go. Okay. What is the innate uh, significance of justice? Clearly, God values it to the ultimate extent, but God also extends grace to the ultimate extent, especially in how this concept plays out according to Revelation. I'm having a hard time understanding how justice is ultimately fulfilled and what that even means. It's like a 27-part question. Pretty much, how does we, we keep talking about the mercy of God in Revelation? What about the justice of God in Revelation? Yeah, dang. Because the fear good. is, is if you swing the pendulum yeah. one way, then it nullifies. Hmm. Okay. Uh. So, so let's have a quick discussion of what true biblical justice. Yeah. Sorry is. to say, we we probably need to define. Yeah, to define that because some people would define justice very. Differently. Oh yeah, yeah. And. And, and I'm not looking at it in a social justice platform that some churches are doing. Yep. Um, but anyway, so go with me here. So when I think justice, I always run to Micah 6.8. He has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? Which is, uh, that mm-hmm, that's already different. That's already different. Or some versions, might, how I remember memorizing this prize, the old NIV, is to seek justice. Mm-hmm to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God, right? So justice, so let's take, let's take one of the worst social justices in our country, child sex traffic. Mm-hmm. Justice isn't just trying to redeem kids out of the sex, child sex industry. Mm-hmm. It's also trying to topple the very thing that is oppressing kids. It's taking down that, you know, so justice wouldn't be just feeding the poor, but asking why are the poor poor? Because if we're just feeding them and we're not fixing the issue, that's not justice. That, yeah. And that's where churches that have a social justice platform, and I'm not going to use the W word with them, but a lot of people want to woke. That's I already knew. Oh, I didn't know if you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, the social they it's it's always about the victim or it's about the institution mm-hmm. and i use that word lightly so if you're not on youtube air quoted it there uh, we a lot of good air quotes you should watch the have to do um but to properly like biblical justice is to approach both but biblical justice is to approach approach the the oppressor and the oppressed with the heart of Christ, which we uh, painting broad brushly, we never we pick correct, especially in our yeah. current social justice, we yeah. always side with the victim, 
keep saving the victim. Yep. Okay, well, but there's still a problem that yep. exists. And we have that, uh, you know, our vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I just want to be about the Lord's business, and we want to go in and shoot now, shoot later, shoot some more, and then ask questions. <laughs> and so, so, so looking at what does it mean to do justice, I think it's both sides of that. So, so this question isn't about us as humanity seeking justice. The question, if I'm understanding, is from a a, a divine yep. perspective. It's from God's yeah, eyes. God values it to the ultimate extent, yes. but God also extends grace to the mm. ultimate extent. And so this is the tension that we hold when we think about uh, grace and mercy, God's holiness and righteousness and justice. Like God is a just God, and so... How does he show mercy without losing without losing any of his justness? Mm. And how does he show justice without losing any of his mercy? The fulfillment is found in the cross. Mm-hmm. It's always found in the cross. If God was not a just God, he wouldn't have went to the cross. He would have just blinked, winked at the sinner and said, you're fine, don't worry about it. I'll let it slide. Nope, God is just. There has to be a payment for sin. Mm-hmm. But his mercy is you can't pay it because you're a sinful human. Yeah. That there needs to be a perfect, unblemished sacrifice for that sin. You can't provide it. So the mercy is I will provide it. Well, even when you did, you know, as we've walked through Revelation, you've, you, we've talked about it on the podcast a, a couple of times. You've done it from the stage. And I, I personally, all of my, you know, Bible college, growing up in church background, um, have never the scary part of revelation almost like today, like, okay, here's God's wrath being poured out. Um, that could have happened way sooner. Absolutely. That could have happened immediately. And it's, and, and if you were only holding to the definition of justice, it should should have. have. Yep. So for me, even to wrestle with that, to Mm -hmm. go, you know, how, you know, the question, broad brush how could god allow yep oh the fact that he didn't yep immediately wipe me off the face of the earth yep that i got to take 27,000 breaths or two breaths or 200 million whatever you know yeah like there's a difference there that was so helpful for me and even still challenging you know to hold those things in tension of cuz th- those two things are very tension held full of tension yeah because we either want to elevate one and de-elevate the other yeah and that's where so uh define the biblical words well grace and mercy grace is getting what you don't deserve Mm -hmm. so there was times in our parenting with young kids that they would have a horrible day super disobedient fighting all the time and you know what we did took them to sonic and we got them a slushie and we put it in their hands. What you deserve is to go to bed early mm-hmm. without dinner. Yeah, you have done nothing to deserve this. Yeah. This is grace. Watch your four or five-year-old drink a slushie knowing that they've been a horrible brat all day. Vengeance is oh. mine, says Nick Pierce. You want to talk about heap, <laughs> heaping coals upon your enemy's head? That was it right there. But they understood grace. I did not deserve this. And I have this wonderful thing called a grape slushy. And they know I didn't do anything to deserve it. Um, 
because that's not a reward, yep. you know? And so that is grace. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You deserve for me to take you and spank you, put you in timeout, take away your toys. Like you deserve punishment. Mm -hmm. And so in giving the grape slushy, I show grace. Yep. And not giving them the discipline, I showed mercy. So there's grace and mercy in that to the believer. Now, okay, well, and then we understand the justice because of the cross. We see both grace and mercy on the cross. They, our sins are forgiven, the thing that we did not deserve. Mm -hmm. Sins are forgiven. But he also is the propitiation of our sins, mm -hmm. meaning that he satisfied the wrath of God. So he didn't give us what we do deserve, his wrath. So we see grace and mercy. So his justice does not lose any droplet of significance, yeah, significance yep. because that's a part of his character. And so he doesn't lose any part of who he is. God is just, and we see it fully on the cross. Now go on to the other side. What about the non-believer? What about the person that has rejected God? There is no loss of justice because he allows them the free will to choose or not to choose that no person could ever look at God at the end of their life. And as they stand before him, let's, let's go down that fictional, you die and stand before the judge and da, da, da. there's not one person that'll say, this is on you, God. It's not fair. It's not fair. You didn't, you didn't choose me. So how can you send me to hell? That's not a place of torture. That's mm. a place of torment because it's self-inflicted. And that's a whole nother rabbit trail that we can get in. But understand that sometimes those theological views smear the character of God. And then they have another issue that they're trying to defend then is, okay, well, how can God be just and not choose? Like, how does, how does that not smear his character? And they try to defend it. And, and honestly, I just think it's, you know, one of the best defenses for it is the lack of a good defending for it, mm -hmm. you know, against it is for it. So, so with his justice where now we see his grace and his mercy and his justice, that his grace and his mercy is the offer of salvation is there. And, and it's, it's so bad that we describe God's ability to continue to allow that invitation to be there. He has patience or forbearance mm -hmm. that he is putting up with all of the evil in the world, what is that? That is his grace and his mercy because he's allowing salvation. But the justice is that there will come a day that this, and that's where um, that's you, we have to have a tribulation for the outpouring of God's wrath because how else is sin going to be paid for? Mm -hmm. You know, how else is that going to, because it has to be, there has to be a punishment for sin. And so the outpouring of God's wrath in the tribulation. So those that say, oh, there isn't a tribulation. There's not, it's like, okay, let's go with that. Let's walk down that. There's that, there's that eschatology view. Let's walk that out. So when is God going to pour out his wrath on a sinful, broken world? If you, if you don't have a tribulation, then you, like, then, then that dilutes the, that dilutes God's wrath because, and it dilutes the punishment against sin. It dilutes God's anger towards wrath. And then if there's not a tribulation and a time for God to pour out his wrath there, then why did he need to pour out his wrath on Christ on the cross? Now we diluted the atonement. 
huge implications by some of this. Yeah. But a lot of times we don't want to see all of our core doctrines are connected. They're not one-off little islands yeah. like, you know, you're not walking up to a, a vending machine and be like, all right, A1, I want a Snickers bar of salvation. I want the Butterfinger of, you know, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to get M&Ms of eschatology. And somebody else says, no, I like Reese's Pieces for my eschatology. It's like, these are not all separate. These are all connected, yeah. and, and they need to be. And so his justice is there is coming a day. And that, you know, in the whole Old Testament, it talks about the day of the Lord. Like you read in Joel, the whole book of Joel talks about the day of the Lord, where we, I think, have taken that so much to think, oh, yeah, it's just a single event. And it's like, no, no, no. The day of the Lord is the tribulation. The day of the Lord is the full campaign of events mm-hmm. that everything that we're studying in the book of Revelation, that's the day of the Lord. It's not a reference to a 24-hour period or a single singular moment event like the rapture would yeah. be a singular moment. The day of the Lord is all of this. And, it is, and it's coming because he has allowed his grace and his mercy to be available. But the justice is, okay, for those that reject that, there will be justice. Yeah. And, and some of the things that people did not like... Um, this is one thing that I got a little pushback on is in Revelation 14, where it talks about, so verse nine, a third, uh, another angel, a third followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast, its image and receives the mark on his forehead and on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented, there's that word, with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Jesus is going to be present in hell? Yes. His, not his other attributes of love and grace, but is that he will be present in his holy, righteous anger of sin. It's his very presence that that makes it justice. You can't have justice apart from the presence of God. And then when some people say, well, I don't think, I don't think that's true. Okay. So implications defend that God is omnipresent because you just told me there's a place in the, in the, in the fullness of the known created and not just talking about the physical world, but the spiritual world that, that there is a place that God's presence is not. Now I didn't say his love and his grace and his mercy are present. And I think God can show those attributes and, and it's not that he's compartmentalizing himself, um, but his presence in hell, like he is the standard to say, like, then why is that punishment? Because that is a holy, righteous, just God. Like, like when you walk into a jail, there, there is a warden. There are, um, they're not officers, but what are they called in a prison? Sorry. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I'm I'm thinking parole officer. Nope. That's all I can think of. Warden, uh, there's the guards. There's the but yeah, the prison guards. The prison guards. They stand like their very presence is the presence of justice. Mm-hmm. Like they're the ones that make jail jail. They're the ones that make prison prison. Yeah. Not the facility, but they instill order. They instill what the punishments are. So they have you know like it's. Other than that, it would just be a hangout club and they can bring in whatever they want. They could leave whenever they want. They could invite whoever they want. They can't. Why? Because there's a warden and a guard that is going to protect like they their very presence is that of justice. 
But when we put it on a an eternal spiritual level, oh yeah, there's going to be no wardens. There's going to be none of that. There's going to be no um, standard of justice. No. Like his presence makes it justice for that. But that's the beautiful thing is that this is what God is doing. He is reuniting heaven and earth. Well, and you don't have to be about what God wants to do. He gives you the free will to choose that. But his justice will not allow you yeah. to m mar his good creation anymore, including us as creatures, his creation. No, I'm, I'm reuniting all of this. And so I love C.S. Lewis's quote, you know, what is hell? It is God's monument to human free will. Mm. This is what I'm doing. And we get the invitation in his grace and his mercy to be a part of that. We get an invitation in his justice that we put our faith in Jesus, knowing that our sin was and its consequences and its and the wrath it deserved, that is all paid for, paid in full. That is also his justice. And so we walk in confidence as believers because of salvation of because of Jesus on the cross because of his outpouring of the blood and because of the resurrection we walk in confidence that that is it is done because we understand what he is doing and we are going to be a part of that but if you don't want to be a part of that that's fine you don't have to but what's going to happen to you God's justice yeah you know Question number one. There we go. What else we got? Any follow up on that? No. <laughs> that person's like, whatever. <laughs> no, I don't know who it was. Um, so I think this is this is a good place to to land the plane. Land in the plane. Where you got? Um, so we only because it's I think it's the most recent sermon. It's what's freshest yep. in everybody's mind. Um, this question, this quote that you did on Sunday. Uh oh. I think this is what. I'm not held responsible for anything that it, I say full of the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning. No, I'm teasing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Nick, I can't believe you said that. that wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me. Um, I think this was uh, the the pressure point of the morning. Mm -hmm. How can we call out to the God of mm. Jacob without having a heart for Jacob? I stewed on that from like two to three in the morning laying there. And if you think about it, and when I say if you think about it, what I mean is if you don't think about it, <laughs> if you're very flippant with it, yeah, um, it it either makes no sense or like it it's yeah. not it doesn't contextualize to you. Yeah. But if you marinate on it, how can we call out to the God of Jacob without having a heart for Jacob? If you listen to the conversation that you're having with your spouse or with your friends, there's a very clear. Um, way that you're having that conversation. Yeah. Um, and so walking away from me from Sunday, like it's so easy to compartmentalize aspects of our faith. Yep. Like I'm going to walk into Sunday morning and I'm going to praise the Lord. And I'm just going to kind of put all of these other things in that compartment. We're going to close the door and I'm going to focus on this. <coughs> And I'm going to put this away when I walk out of the building. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to this. Or I'm going to open this up here. It's like we're 15 different people, you know. Um, you know, so it's it's forced me um, holistically to rethink. I, I can't have my cake and eat it too. Mm. I'm either all in or all out. So I've never shared this before. Oh, fantastic. Here we go. 
This would be new to you, to anybody. Heard it first here on the breakdown. (sighs) Breaking news. Here we go. Here we go. And it's probably not that significant, but it's massively significant. (laughs) (laughs) More coding it out right now. (laughs) Um, One of my concerns of going through the book of Revelation, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't like, I was even hesitant. Should I do this or not? And we've had that conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going or not. What are we going to do here? And even as we started it, one of my struggles, one of my hesitations in, and this sounds holy and righteous, but the Lord has convicted me of it. <laughs> okay. Right? <clears throat> and is every every Sunday, I'm thinking through the preaching and the teaching of his word, and I'm thinking about this is for his body, and we're all on different um, spots of the journey. We have Mm -hmm. some young believers. We have some mature believers. We have immature believers. We probably don't even have some believers. You know what I mean? They're like, we're, we're all over on the spectrum of an our and where we're at and our walk with the Lord and our, our, our status, spiritual status. And, and the pressure that is on pastors and preachers is we need to bring a word that is edifying to the body. Mm -hmm. And I, and one of the thoughts that I had um, and this is where the Lord kind of hit me was like, okay, what about the person that lost their job? What about the person that's struggling in their marriage? What about the person who has prodigal kids? Like, how am I going to encourage them? What's the tangibleness? What's the tangibleness yep. of revelation for them to get them from Sunday to Sunday? And the Lord backhanded me. Not even the respectful front hand. <laughs> you know, this was a full-fledged full disrespectful backhand backhand right <clears throat> that's not your role mm. pretty sure that's the holy spirit's role that is the holy spirit's role if because and and say i always say yeah, yeah. i try to say things in the worst way possible because if i can make and it, you a lot of times i <laughs> spot on it that, thank it. you um <laughs> if then w- what separates me from a feel-good preacher then? <laughs> if if my sole concern or my even my top concern is how do I if if Dang. that person and what they are feeling and going through, if that is changing how I preach the word of God, then I'm a feel-good preacher and I might as well. Just go, like you said, I'm all in or I'm not. Preach the whole counsel of the word and allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. And what's been so unique is the moment that I said yes to the Lord and said, all right, we're just going to preach it. Because I was struggling because it was like, is this hitting well for the body as a whole? The moment that he really convicted me of that. And it's been a while ago Then I'm then trickling in. I'm hearing stories of salvation. Mm. People I grew up in church mm-hmm. and I loved how they described it. I've had the head knowledge of Christ, but, but when you talked about that courtroom battle scene of Jesus as our defender and the presence of Satan as the, as the accuser of the brothers, and understanding the fullness of what Christ is doing. Like they said, that's when I got the heart connection. So the thing that you were most worried about yep. and the tangible, not for it to not be tangible is the very thing. Yep. 
Because if the person is coming to church to get the feel-good message from the pastor, then they have no need of the Holy Spirit in their everyday life. (laughs) Good grief. That's what keeps me up at two in the morning. That's why when the Lord wakes me up at two and says, how can you call on the God of Jacob and not have a heart for Jacob himself? We're all going to go back to our normal jobs. But praying for Israel, praying for Hamas, praying for the Palestinians, praying for the surrounding Arab nations, praying for how America is going to step into that or not step, praying for all of that, that is the greatest thing that we can do. Because if we, if, if God is great enough to call upon for the things of our life, then the greatest thing that we can do is call upon him and intercede on behalf of his chosen people. Mm-hmm. Those who, how did Paul say it? Oh, I'm going to, let's, let's, I, I don't want to misquote it. Dang, I opened up I mean, right to it. You don't have, <laughs> don't say stuff like that. Lest you be wise in your own sight. This is Revelation, or Revelation. This is Romans 11, 12, uh, 25. Revelation, Romans, 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 eleven twenty-five. <laughs> Lest be wise in your own sight, which I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written. And so the idea that because of the partial hardening of Israel, I am saved. So what is the greatest thing that I could do as a saved Gentile is pray for the hardening to be released upon Israel that allowed me Mm. an opportunity of salvation. Mm. Come on. That's so that's so when you when when I hear the Lord saying, I'm still the God of Jacob. And that was the reason I wanted to sing same God, because, you know, the Abrahamic covenant is still valid and still needed. And it is still in the works per se. Yeah. It is, you know, it's, it's not outdated. It is still there because there's still a plan for Israel and every family on the earth will be blessed because of that covenant, because it's pointing to the Messiah. Like all of those things matter. And, and so it was just really a challenging. It's a, we as Christians, as the church, we're rooted, you know, as Paul would talk about in Romans, we're rooted, we're grafted in, and he and into this Jewish uh, faith, and it's also a mystery in this era, this dispensation, because it's the church, but it doesn't negate Israel. If anything, one of the things that the church should be very passionate about is Israel. Mm-hmm. And so even that concept of replacement theology is hard because then do do they sing to the God of Jacob? Because he wouldn't, you know, even what Jesus says, you know, to that, um, the Pharisees come up and they give him that like super over-exaggerated possibility. Like, oh, there was a wife and she had a husband and he died and the brother and he died. And then there's seven brothers and they all died. Now in the resurrection, who... Whose wife is she? Because mm-hmm. they all had her. He goes, you don't even understand. And he says, because he is the God of Abraham, 
Isaac and mm-hmm. Jacob. He is. He not if, because if God doesn't have a plan for Israel, then we should say he was the God. Mm-hmm. But he is the God because they are alive. God is alive. Like that's and so for me, when I think about it, it's like no, no. He still is the yeah. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's still the God of Israel. He is still the God of Jacob that we call upon, and like thank the Lord that we are allowed to be grafted into that. But all and here's the bittersweet of it: the sweet that we that there was a, a partial hardening until the fullness of the Gentiles. There's the sweetness that we have salvation available, but it was available at the hardening of mm-hmm. Israel's heart. And so the bitterness is pray for the softening of Israel's heart towards the Messiah. But when you look at Hosea 15, 515, sorry, Hosea doesn't go up to that many <laughs> chapters. Um, My Bible's different than yours. <laughs> Hosea, oh, actually, does it? No, it goes to 14, that's close. <clears throat> Hosea 515, it says, I will return to my place. Wonder who he's talking about there. Until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face and in their distress, earnestly seek me. That is a, a, the tribulation is a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. because it, it, it'll cause the distress of Jacob to seek earnestly Mm -hmm. the face of Jesus and to acknowledge their guilt. And, and so even for us as believers, you know, we talk about the suffering, the things that we have gone through and the persecutions that bring us closer to the Lord. It's like the tribulation is a good thing because it will bring about an acknowledgement of Israel's guilt. They will seek the face of their Messiah, who is Jesus, and in their distress, they're earnestly going to seek him. And it's like, and so when we have that, oh, there is no tribulation, then how is the God, how is Israel going to turn back to their God? When is that partial hardening going to be removed? And, and they're going to have that regeneration of Israel, which was one of the stages of Armageddon, you know? Mm. So I'm calling on the God of Jacob. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, trying to wrap it all up. You know, there, that, that's where the implications, that's where the connections, that's where, like, all of these anchor points that we see in the word of God and you just see this this beautiful story woven together and and we sit in the tensions and the bitter sweets of it but w- what I do know is when we get to the very end you know we're talking revelation 21 type moments with new heaven new earth and and we're going to see Israel in their fullness we're going to see the church in their fullness and we're going to have this new Jerusalem coming down that's that's the hope that we have and that God has still retained his grace, love and mercy because he can't not be who he is. But he also has man- maintained his holiness, his justice and his righteousness. Like that's where we sit in the tension. And it's hard to understand a few things uh, here and there. And it's all rooted and it flows from the character of God. And so if we can trust his character, we can trust his will, his plan. And, and again, that's why we read scripture to direct us to a position. We don't allow a position uh, doctrinally to guide our understanding of scripture. It's a great place. (laughs) Jerron needs to go digest. Just <laughs> this and everything else oh going gosh. on in life. Um, That's good stuff. Dude, thanks for thanks for sitting down. 
hopefully we give the people what they want. They've been wanting the podcast and wanting the breakdown. All right, there you go. So if I hear one Kicked person say face. it was too long, it wasn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make y'all happy. You oh, got an episode. Exactly. There it is. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, man, for sitting down with us. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to this whole thing, welcome. Thanks thanks for listening. A couple of things. Uh, if you're not subscribed, uh, it would be uh, it, do us a huge favor. Subscribe uh, to the podcast on whatever platform you listen. Uh, if you like to watch it, we have the, the video version over yeah. on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So subscribe there. Uh, Drop a comment. Say hey. It's always fun to see. Always people good. Like. It's really fun to engage. It, and then we we passed a a certain barrier mark. You came in to tell me that. I thought I you did. We gonna... actually blew past. So uh, explain it to the people because I'm not that smart either. So, so I can't we, do it. <laughs> so we are Here's we are a hundred and ten downloads away from four thousand. What? A hundred and ten downloads away from four thousand. Yep. So, total. Yeah. Total. In um. That means four thousand episodes have been no. listened to, no, or it's, no, no. the podcast has it's been, been listened, listened to yep. four thousand yep. times. That, so there are thirty-four episodes total between season one and two. Mm-hmm. So between those thirty-four episodes, uh, the podcast has been listened to almost four thousand times. So if you were going to average it, yep, that's like a hundred, like one hundred seventeen point six. Who's the point six out here? It's Come me. on. Come on, guys. It is you. <laughs> um, and if you want to get really, yeah, uh, really cool. Um, this is where he geeks out. You can see, if you're not watching, let me give you a play-by-play. Play. He's got a little smile on his face, a little smirky so here. So the top eight countries outside of the U.S.? Top eight countries outside of the U.S. Wow. Mexico. Hola. Morocco. I don't know. <laughs> Germany. I was like, you started something, you're not going to finish it. <laughs> Germany, Czech Republic, Singapore, the Netherlands, Georgia, and Costa Rica. Really? Yep. So, that that was cool when I saw that map. Dang. So, they probably just came across it by accident. Per, nope. Really? Nope. I don't even know how you would come across I, it. I mean, I got... You know what's so funny? <laughs> so, all right. Quick story. Fall Fest. We had a couple oh, yeah. serving, uh-huh. right? Yep. And she said... I'm actually going back to the very beginning of Revelation and I'm rewatching <laughs> all of them. Yep. And some of them, she's like, some of them I got to watch like two or three times. And it's like, awesome. What a great, like every yeah. morning wakes up, coffee, sermon. It's like, that is dedication. Right overachiever. There. Yeah, overachiever, right? And and I said, oh, have you, have you found the breakdown? And she said, well, what's that? I said, well, it's me and John. We, oh, you're in for a treat. I said, we break down the sermon before because, you know, it is, there's certain things that we can't address on a Sunday. We just, you know, rabbit trail on a few things and all that. And she was like, oh. <laughs> so I <laughs> I found it on the website. And said it. So what it cracked me up is like, there's still people in our church that have no, no idea. idea about the breakdown. But but Costa Rica Costa and Georgia and Germany and Belgium, they found us, right? So dedicated. They- <laughs> They're dedicated. I so, love it. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put a bookmark in this. We'll pick back up next week. Thanks so much for watching and or listening. Uh, we'll see you uh, next week as next we week. continue diving into Revelation. Next week, seventeen. That's where we're at, right? Seventeen. We did sixteen this week. <gasps> the harlot riding the beast. Let's go. Let me do the play by play for the look <laughs> that just came across <laughs> Nick's face. <laughs> Oh well, next week we'll uh, we'll break down and rabbit trail the harlot and the beast and the beast. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you later. <laughs>